end of uh, at the end of Revelation, we came to this reading towards the end, and this is this is the fantastic happy ever after ending to the story because at this time the battle's done, Satan's finished with, and uh, the saints are with the people uh, with God in glory, and Jesus looks at them as his bride. You know, beautiful, perfect. A groom would never see uh, his bride walking down the aisle as anything but absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you know, it says there that um, the New Jerusalem comes down as a bride who's dressed for her husband. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, God, the God who is and uh, was and is and is to come. And as we think about uh, some of his characteristics, we can see that he is a God who is never changing. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the A to Z. But in fact, we don't know what was, that there was no beginning to God. He is outside of time. There was nothing before God and there'll be nothing after God. He is just, he is just God. And uh, that's what makes it so fantastic to think that this God who was so great and so mighty and created everything should know each of us and should love us. We think about the God who uh, is, um, the God who is our creator. You know, he made the heavens and the earth. He made the universe, and out of a whole universe, he made a planet, which we call Earth, and he put on that planet people who he wanted to know him and love him, as he loved them. You know, when uh, Adam and Eve were in Eden for a while, they were innocent in heaven there won't be innocent people there will be redeemed people I mean that is just so fantastic they will be redeemed people but anyway when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they sinned what did God do he covered them with gave them clothes made out of animal skins he had to kill an animal uh, blood had to be shed to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. And this is the God who right from the very beginning knew that there would be a plan that, uh, that the blood would save his people from their sins. And uh, we think a lot about that as, uh, as we come towards Easter and the passion of Jesus. And we know that this is the God who right back then covered sins and continues to do so and redeems us. Did you notice the, um, that little bit in the reading that says, uh, it is done, when uh, Jesus said that, didn't he, at the cross? But in Revelation, um, John is, to is told to write down these words that came from the throne, I am the Alpha and the Omega. It is done. It's uh, God has 
done such a wonderful thing for us in saving his people, giving us an opportunity to know, uh, to know him as saviour. So he created us at the beginning. Uh, but when we come to Christ and when we accept his death on the cross and we accept that his blood will cover our sins, he makes us a new creation. And uh, it says, uh, oh, I can't find where I've put it. Oh yeah, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. We, if we have accepted Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, have been changed. We, are, we have moved from death to life. We are no longer on a pathway to death and destruction. We live in the presence of, uh, of God, God Almighty. And when we get those doubts coming in our mind and saying, you're no different to anybody else, you're just the same as you always were, we can say, no, I'm a new creation. God has changed me uh, completely. So this God is the God who created us at the beginning, the God who makes us a new creation when we come to him. And then in heaven, everything will be new. Behold, I make everything new. And uh, this is so wonderful, isn't it? No pain, no sorrow, no uh, suffering, no aging, no broken bones. Um, it will be just so wonderful to be in the presence of God. And you know, God is the God who likes to be present. Uh, when he delivered his people out of slavery, uh, he gave a cloud, didn't he, uh, for them to follow, and a pillar of fire, so that they would know that the Lord, their God, was with them and going uh, ahead of them. And at one stage, Moses uh, had to say to God, God, we will not move unless your presence is with us. It was so important. God uh, instructed them to make a place, a tent of meeting, uh, that they called a tabernacle. And this was a wonderful, opulent, portable temple, if you like. It was a place to represent God's presence with them, a place where they could go and pray and worship and sacrifice to the Lord God. Way back, uh, the verse in Leviticus talking about this time, and God says to this people, I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Reminds me of him walking with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the evening. Now he's saying to his people coming out of slavery, I will walk with you, and I will be with you, and I will uh, be in this uh, tent that, uh, that you've made. When Solomon, uh, when the, the tent days were over and they built a proper temple, permanent temple, um, Solomon, who built it, um, dedicated it and said, but will God really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have made. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer 
but your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open towards the temple day and night, this place of which you said you would put your name there. This is the God who wants to be amongst his people. This is the God who decided a most wonderful way to be amongst the people and the way to redeem the people is to become part of the people. So Jesus was born as a, a baby. Jesus, who is God, was with God. He became man for us. And his name, or one of his names, is Emmanuel, God with us. How much more can God be with us than to become as one of us? Can things get better? Well, yes. Would you believe it? Pentecost came and God the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the believers so that every person who comes to Christ uh, and asks him to come and live in them and be in their heart and for him to be in their temple, they became the dwelling place, that he would, uh, he would live within them by his Holy Spirit. This is so wonderful. I sometimes think we don't stop to just consider how great it is that God Almighty would so presence himself amongst us that he wants to live within us. Now, as I came to know Jesus as uh, when I was seven years old, and uh, it was just simply saying, Jesus, will you come into my heart? And it seems a very that God comes to live in your heart. And it, it's just so wonderful. It says uh, in Ephesians, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with his power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Are you filled with the measure of all the fullness of God? Wow. This is the God who was and is and is to come. John said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, the dwelling place is now amongst God's people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. New is good. New is good if it's a presence of God. The God who was in the beginning, the God who brought his people out of slavery, the God who is with his church today, and the God who is giving us the happy ever after ending. It will be ever after. We will be in God's presence ever after. Wow. 
God is also the God who calls. He called, uh, he called his children out of slavery, his people out of slavery. And he still does, doesn't he? Different sort of slavery, maybe. He said through his prophet Isaiah, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. This is a God who spoke through his prophets thousands of years ago. This is a God who spoke through uh, Jesus, his son, who came to earth to minister uh, and show us what God is like. This is the God who is calling and continues to call, the shepherd who will go after the lost sheep, the father who waits for his son to come home, the God who calls. He's still calling, he's still saying, to the thirsty I will give water, and without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. I will be their God, and they will be my children. In David's Psalms, we read of his longing to know more of God. He had a wonderful personal relationship with God, but you know, he, he said, God, I'm so thirsty for you. I'm like a, an animal out in the wilderness who's desperate to find that water hole. He wanted more and more of God. When uh, Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well and he asked her for a drink of water, uh, he began talking to her about living water. And she said, give me this water so I can drink it and I'll never be thirsty again. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will be in them like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this is the living water that God gives us and that we should be uh, giving out to others to be bubbling up inside us. Maybe you've lost your fizz. Maybe uh, you feel that you're, uh, you've lost that thirst for more of God. Maybe you're a bit satisfied with the way things are and uh, it's okay, I'm doing my best, I'm plodding along. But you know, God isn't, doesn't want us to plod along. He says, I've come that you'll have life and life in all its fullness. And if you uh, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're not experiencing fullness of life, maybe you need to say, God, make me more thirsty. Help me to want more of you. And there may be some who've never even taken that step um, to, to say, Jesus, I want you to come and live in my heart. I want to accept that your death on the cross redeems me, that your blood covers my sin. I want to be with you in glory. Let's just pray. Just uh, as we sit in, in the presence of God,
just allow him and allow his spirit to speak into your heart and be honest with him tell him where you're at are you satisfied with uh, with your life now do you long for glory glory in heaven in our personal glory Holy Spirit will you come and speak into each heart Amen.